Blog Talk Radio. Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. And this is a community broadcast located in the heart of Black Wall Street here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're also on the all-new KBOB 89.9 FM. So if you're listening, tell a family member, tell a friend, tell somebody to tune in. You know, also, we're on blogtalkradio.com forward slash WFUNK. That's the internet version of all of this right here. So here at Eaton Media Services, we have a variety of uh, uh, different platforms and things that we're doing right now. And uh, uh, we have the Valleyville Morning Show, and we got an education show with uh, Daryl Bright and Joyce Williams. Uh, we got a show with Charles Harper and uh, uh, Damali Wilson, you know, news you can use from the World One family. We also, let's see, what we got going on? Vanessa Hall Harper. She has a show that she does sometime on Saturdays. So we want you to tune in and uh, become a part of this movement. A lot of things going on. We have the Black Wall Street Centennial that's going to take place next year. And that'll be here before we even know it. I mean, it's moving so fast. So come and participate and become a part of that black history. That's what we want you to do. So here on the Bobby Eaton Show, today's show, Tulsa Mass Grave Investigation Oversight Committee. Kevin Ross is in the house, and we're going to be talking to him shortly. And so we want you to, while we take this little break, we're going to, you know, kick it in the studio and talk like we always do. Because, you know, me and Kevin Ross, we've been buddies for years, and, and he has a lot of information and reference to the 1921 massacre we got to find out where these bodies are and what's going on with all of this i mean you know and it seems as though um we just keep getting we're not getting the answers that we need right now but we're going to be chopping it up and talking to he him and uh as the other ones come in uh, we're going to be doing that so here here on the bobby eaton show and this is where we tell our stories our way and that's the only way we know how to do it you know, so we're going to tell them our way. All right, we're going to be right back, you know, so stick around. Thank you. 
Closer to your mic right here. Go on and bite it either. Turn it side turn it sideways. sideways. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm right there. How right. we doing, my brother? Hey man, in the house for real, for real. For real, for real. We're gonna be talking about these mass graves, man. Yes, sir. You know. Because there's been an ongoing investigation and uh really, as far as I'm concerned, we're not getting any answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, um, you got to think in terms of this, and I, I, I've been trying to grasp it as well, being frustrated as well. But you have to think, this has been 99 years oh, yeah, for sure. in the dark. And, and while the whole world is watching Tulsa, they watch everybody's movements. And Big Mama used to tell me, Watch everybody. Trust no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's at stake because this this would determine Tulsa's next steps as far as being um, when we think in terms of reconciliation. What can we do to make our city better when it comes to race relations? We're getting very close to take those initial steps, and not everybody's gonna always be on board. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, not, everybody's not going to be on board. You know, when uh, Mayor Bynum was in here, I asked mm. him the question, mm. is Tulsa racist? <laughs> I just straight like I just asked, right. you know, right. is Tulsa racist? And right. uh, he said there are some ignorant people here yeah. who still hold some ignorant content yeah. and ways and things like that. So um, that's what he said. Well, you know, you know think in terms that Tulsa couldn't help but to be racist mm-hmm. when you're first law was a Jim Crow law in mm-hmm. 1907 when Oklahoma became a state. And it made to hate, it made it legal to hate based on color and separated the whole state. You know, and so you know, even today, it, it, I cringe. We, we talked about taking down the Brady Street man because he was a Klansman. Mm-hmm. Well, Brady wasn't the only one that was parading around as a Klansman. And and whose names adorn the streets of Tulsa? That's right. We got some city parks named mm-hmm. after Klansmen, and and the uh, right here in Tulsa mm-hmm. in broad daylight, and mm-hmm. we see them. You got Whiteside Park, name on right. the plan. Well, exactly. We got uh, 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 another park that was one of the subjects as far as investigation, uh, where the mass graves that they would search for. Um, and that was H.F. Newblock, the mayor of Tulsa at that time. He was also in the Klan. And so I found it very interesting that one of the places uh, 
that's known as the uh, um, a highly suspected area of where the race ride dead were buried is also named after Klansmen. Got a lot of names. I mean, Klansmen. Tulsa. I mean, man, that's incredible. You can't you can't make this stuff up. Uh huh. And so um, we got a we got some big steps, and I, I'm I'm proud of the new generation that's coming along, who's being very aggressive, and they're seeing Tulsa for what it is. You know, they're doing a lot of their research. You yeah. know, where some of the older generation really don't know. Right. You right. know, but the younger generation, they're doing it because they have so much technology to deal with to get right. the information. Right. You know, YouTube, YouTube yeah. and all kinds of, you know, platforms where they can research it. You yeah. Know? At a, at, yeah. A drop of a dime. And they, and they get the whole world all in their hands and pull from. Yeah. You know, and, and speaking of that, I, I'd like to give a shout out to my nephew, Curtis Ross, who was named after my Oh, brother, yeah, brother. man. He yeah, was Curtis. in the Tulsa World uh, uh uh, in this morning's uh, Tulsa World. Okay. And, and okay. His subject was about the Black Wall Street and the research that his classmates did. So mm-hmm. shout out to my little nephew, nephew. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and which is a good thing. And we need to get more younger people involved so they can obtain and keep this history. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times our history is swept up under the rug. Exactly. And they don't know. You know, they ride around in our communities and they all they see is uh mm-hmm. empty land. Right. And they don't realize that something was right there on that land exactly. at one time. Because I, you know, like he even in Tulsa I remember and you should remember too, mm-hmm. I know we remember coming up in a thriving community oh, yeah. where you didn't have to go anywhere. Right. Because everything was right here. Right. We had grocery stores, we had movie theaters, we had all kinds of night nightlife and yeah. sports and restaurants and all of that was in the community. There was no need to go anywhere. We didn't have right to go there. anywhere. Yeah. It was right there. Yeah. It was right here. Taxi cab services, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Just thriving and yeah. everybody was everybody knew everybody too. Right. You knew your neighbors and stuff right. like that. And like when your grandparents got sick, like say my grandmother took sick. Mm-hmm. She takes sick, and somebody, Miss Williams or somebody down the street, would be coming with a big old pot of greens. Mm. You know what I mean? While she's in the bed sick, and they'd be like, baby, look here. Just just give it. Put this on the stove. And here comes Miss Johnson with a big old pan right. of cornbread. You right. know, and they would be putting all this stuff in there right. while she, don't wake her up. Don't disturb her. Right. You know, y'all just eat and do this. You know, right. it was like that. You yeah. know, And I, I remember that, that same kind of village. Village, uh, yeah, where my mother was pregnant with my baby brother Curtis, mm-hmm. and how the women folk came over to took care of the house, took care of the, all the us chillings, chillings, <laughs> <laughs> clean up the house. Right, he was on right. bed rest. Yeah, uh, after that, mm-hmm. and somehow or another, I don't see that anymore. No, I'm quite sure it exists to it, but not to a degree that as I remember it to be. Uh, growing up and what we see on television today. Right. Because, you know, a lot of uh, my daddy always says a lot. We've lost a lot of our soul. Yeah. S-O-U-L, our soul yeah. as in our feelings. Because I can remember in days of the 70s and 60s, say, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. And we had so many black organizations right. doing things in the community. Afros puffing yeah, up, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Platform shoes. Yeah, platform shoes. Yeah. And it was a soul. Right. That was the soul of the community. Nowadays, it's a little different because technology is here, right. and we have generations who connect with technology, mm-hmm. and they become some of them become non-socialistic, right? You know, as far as being in 
just having a conversation. They mm-hmm. sit they sit next to each other and text each yeah, other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, no communication right, right there. Relationships are at an all time low. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't slow dance anymore. Like we were talking about that too. Yeah. They don't slow dance That's anymore. Amazing. And they don't do a lot of the emotional things that kept us connected. Right. And there's a lot of divide between man, black men and black women. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. only last time you've been to a wedding. You know, uh, probably it was my own. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we have to get back to that Black Wall Street way of life, man. Yes. You know, yes. when you, I spent a dollar with you, I gave it to you. You gave it to another brother, and then we passed around, and then I got it back. You know, and yeah. so until we get back to that kind of thinking, rather than always having our hands out, expecting right. somebody to give yes. us something all the time. Exactly. We need to do for ourselves. Right. Right. You know, so that 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 goes to show you after the massacre took place in the all of those graves, man, you know, and I suspect, Kevin, mm-hmm. I suspect those graves probably are everywhere. Well, you I know? mean, you, you pretty I, much on the money on that because of the fact that they had to hurry up and get rid of the body, supposedly. And this is at the same time when many of them were in internment camps like Minocti Park, which was located where Home Depot downtown is located. Uh, the uh, Brady Theater, but back then it was called Convention Hall. Yeah, they I remember. Yeah. Them there. And the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. They just separated. They captured us and had our hands up in the air. And we were supposed to be the victims, but we were treated like we were the criminals just by the, the, the color of our skin and mm-hmm. a detriment that was done. And so it's very insulting that they came up with this idea to downplay the massacre and to the body told at 39, which everybody knew was no better. While these people, black folks are all in the... Uh, the different uh, internment camps, they quickly hid these bodies, some of them uh, in makeshift uh, burial sites, burial sites ones that we come stuff, across. Yeah. A lot of reports, bodies were thrown in the uh, in Arkansas River, you know, and, and we didn't know all that because we, did, we were all locked up. But the white people, they knew about it, and that's what their stories are coming. They are telling those stories now of what happened and the stories that were passed down to them. All this time that we've been studying the riot, mm-hmm. talking about the riot, the pogrom, the massacre, all mm-hmm. these years, they just now say and, this would happen. And you know what? I, I believe that some of them are getting their their information incorrectly. You know, they're not they're not telling the stories that my daddy and your daddy and them right, know because right. they, they know some stories that are not being told. Right, right. You know what I mean? So some of them are repeating information that they've heard from other mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. people, but they don't know all of the the deep details of that massacre that took place. Exactly. You know? And, um, you know, some of the horror stories and, and, and you got children around, well, let them listen to but this is one of the stories one of the riot survivors told me, and it just showed the hell, the hellish environment that was, when a mob is out of control, a deputized mob is out of control. Here, a black family, this is told by, to me by a survivor. Here's a black family uh, running down the street, what we know today as Cincinnati, towards mm-hmm. uh, Cincinnati, MLK, and, MLK mm-hmm. and, and Pine Street. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was rural. Mm-hmm. Those dirt roads. Dirt road, right. And so here's these mobs are chasing this pregnant mother and her husband down Cincinnati, MLK, if you will. And they, the mob catches up with both of them. Mm-hmm. List them in the biggest tree they can find in that area. Mm-hmm. The biggest one. 
and cut off the genitals of the male, sliced open the female who's pregnant, mm-hmm. took the baby out and stumped it mm-hmm. while it was while and, and it was pretty much alive. It was about to be born, mm-hmm. and those are some of the stories like this just wasn't, you know, uh, uh, yeah, a uh, uh, very friendly. This is just the the. The worst atrocity that you can ever experience yes. on, on American on American soil, soil. and so it, it's just sickening uh, that here's these people who are now in the nights. Many of them are already gone. We got oh, a few, yeah, few, but they had to stay and be with the history as a child and pass it on. Thank mm-hmm. goodness they pass it on to us because yeah, uh, right, we would sure. have never known. You wouldn't have never known about any yeah. of that. You they know. took it out the history book. Why don't they talk? Also talk about uh, Bates, mm-hmm. you know, who was up on the hill oh, with the Gatling gun shooting. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, you talking about uh, uh, Pigleg? Is it Pigleg? 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 Taylor, my Taylor. Man. Yeah, Egg, yeah, yeah. Taylor was it Taylor? Yeah, yeah, Taylor, and he was gunning them down. Yes, he was. My right daddy was telling me some yeah. of that story right there on yeah. the Pipe Hill, which you see that OSU tower. Tower right there. That's where he was with. See, uh, Gatling, a lot of Gatling. stories don't yeah. get told. Yeah. But you know what I mean? We're going to get to the bottom of it because uh, uh, it's all good in the neighborhood. And joining us now, hey, is Brother Chief. Chief. How are we doing, man? Good evening. How you? How's everybody? What's going on with you, yeah, man? Man, everything we, all at the same time. We've been sitting here chopping it up and talking about it, you know, about uh, the 1921 massacre and... Uh, some of the stuff that's going on and you know we had a town hall hall meeting you guys mm-hmm. the other night and I was there and I was so disappointed yeah with the outcome of what was being said because we keep getting seem like we keep getting a run around how yeah. you guys feel about it man seem yeah. like we just keep getting a run around I mean this is just Bobby talking and it's just my no, thought process no, no, you, you know absolutely but, right but here it is uh it it, it is it was and will be frustrated because we got to go through 99 years of hidden history but no answers with no answers and we're still plugging at it and there are people that's still in place that are able to keep information at bay away from us because they don't think that i guess they assume that we can't handle it like those missing photos from a tulsa police department that show the mass bodies in a makeshift grave Mm-hmm. We don't know where they are, but somebody know where they are. They didn't just can get rid of. It's in somebody's collection, you know. Just yeah, like they couldn't is. find the Nab Negro in the elevator attack article that was ripped from the pages of the Tulsa Tribune, but it came to light. We found that, and so it's we we uh, uh, it is frustration. But I, I'm trying to get my head around it and, and try to deal with the fact that it has been 99 years. Everybody is tiptoeing around this because. The whole world is watching. Mm-hmm. Previous years, yeah, nobody was paying attention. It wasn't even talked about. It, it was there if you talked to it at one point. Now, now are they they're stating that they don't have the equipment to discover that because here's my thing right here. This is this is just Bobby talking. Archaeologists can go and discover dinosaurs right. buried way in the grounds, man. You know, deep in the and they don't have the technology. You're telling me that to discover and just look at that? Dinosaurs, man. Dinosaur bones. Well, I, I think in terms, too, that we get so caught up in the what we see on CSI and think, you know, with all the radar detectors that they have, you know. where. Well, I know that yeah. some of that's fabricated and it's yeah. not real. I wish you was. But, but you know, yeah. I, but I'm, you know, I know I've seen 
photos and documentaries and stuff of them discovering bones in the ground. Right, right. You know, right. deep down in the ground. And I can understand how we, I heard something that we don't have the technology to to see. They've discovered a box in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not so much a box. Is it a box? Found, what they found was a, what was it, you, a 20 by 30 foot trenched yeah. area. Uh, near the uh, freeway of the Oakland Cemetery, they mm. possibly hold what they say about ten to a hundred bodies in it. Ten to a hundred. Uh huh. And then this, the other one that's located near New Block Park, named after a Klansman, uh, is another trench that also holds about another hundred, hundred fifty, according to one of the eyewitnesses of mm-hmm. the photographs. Mm-hmm. So, have you heard anything like that? Yeah, I heard that. I mean, we we're we're all getting the same information. Um, what was getting us, or what's what's blocking us, is what's always blocked us. And, you know, today I I was really, I was really perturbed by the fact that we are where we are still. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been following the work that Kevin Ross has been doing for a long time, and we've watched administration after administration after administration follow him out to the gravesite, and. It's like we really haven't progressed. We're still negotiating with, <laughs> with history. Yeah, that's what right? I'm talking about. You know, we're still we're yeah. still in a position of making negotiations over something that should be so transparent right now. Right. Right. right? Like if it, it makes us question even more what the real intent is. Right. Now, what got me more than anything was this, and I hope everybody paid attention when the doctor said. We had the map flipped. <laughs> I had the map flipped. <laughs> Think about that. Right. If they had not discovered that the map was flipped, mm-hmm. they could have come back and given us a report and said, we didn't find anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's severe carelessness. And you, 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 you had, we're talking about, and, and they said last night, we went to the, Credit, accredited institution right. and wanted to get the, the professionals right, right to right. do this work. Right. But they had the map flipped. Yeah. Professionals. Yeah. It made me understand why it was so critical that we have this oversight committee because I gave one of the surveyors three maps mm-hmm. so that they could look at the landscape from what it looked like in 1918, right, 1921, right, and current, right, mm-hmm. and do a, it was like an overlay, right. so that they would know exactly where the rail system was in relationship to the highway and in relationship to the cemetery. Exactly, there was no reason they should have even remotely got that wrong. But you know, I, 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 I I'm trying to uh, understand it, but sometimes you can't figure out crazy. You're just not going to out crazy. You cannot outthink crazy. And I say that because at certain times, they come in on information that they had 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. We, if, Had this been done 20 years ago, we would be on these airways today talking about what happened. We would have been done with this had this been done 20 years. They knew, and it was much bigger than what they thought it would be. Mainly because, and I go with this phrase, those who know won't tell. Those who would tell don't know. 
And thank goodness there were some people that were still around that had those stories. They knew exactly where the bodies were. They planted a row of trees to indicate where they are. So this is a situation they knew. And still they know more, but yet still they just give a little tidbits and just taste test. Well, I think the expectation was not I didn't I, I think when this idea was first when it was birthed, I don't believe that they actually intended it to go this far. No. Right? No. Because remember when we went to the first oversight or, yeah. no, the first meeting. Right. And I said, We need mm-hmm. no, we demand oversight. Right. Because we have been played over and over mm-hmm. and over and there is no trust. We have no trust that you're gonna not co- look, we just we're sitting here in this room and it's almost a hundred years of a cover up. Hundred years. What guarantees do we have that there won't be another hundred year cover up? Mm-hmm. That was our reasoning for developing an oversight committee in the first place. Mm-hmm. It was like we need that in place so that we can look at everything that takes place from this point. So now we have more or less become an after sight committee mm-hmm. because we're getting information after the fact. We shouldn't be spending yeah. those those meetings having all this excessive dialogue about things that we could actually have in a pre, pre over prior yes, to all exactly. of that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. In a preliminary we, meeting, we got to wait till a here. public meeting to Absolutely. get the information you yeah. need. Absolutely. So yeah. it so it makes it look like we're actually an outside entity as opposed to an inside entity right. that's working with the city right. to help uncover this mess. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a lot of. There are a lot of things that we have to look at in relationship to to this whole process. I got the the city agreement. I got the email yeah, from Amy I Brown. Did you get a look yeah, at I it? I got it. You see the difference between the OU agreement mm-hmm. and the city agreement? We're yeah. talking about the difference between two pages and 15 pages. Yeah. Right? As what this agreement looks like. It, it, it's like it, I mean it's like it, like you said and the like everybody's that he's saying, referring to is between the city of Tulsa uh, and uh, Oklahoma uh, University and the graveyard out there on 91st Street is highly suspected. Mm-hmm. That's the Booker T. Washington yeah, site right. known as exactly. Oaks, owned by Butler Stump Funeral Homes. Mm-hmm. They own it. They own it. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah. See, it's the information we need. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they own it and, and for a long time They're not they're not really treating uh treating it like a crime scene to me. No. It's a crime they're scene. Not take, they're not taking it seriously. They're not taking it as serious, yeah. you know. You well, know, and I and I think back uh, uh It's murder, man. Yeah. Crime exactly. scene. And yeah, and no matter how long ago it was, it's murder. It's crime yeah. scene. And and what that that that's why I was, you know, I'm glad that we put our teeth in this issue about we want to know before you sign what you sign off for us. Because at that particular graveyard, it was so many things that were disturbed already. When they made those houses, them three to $400,000 houses, they knowingly bulldozed over bodies. They did it. We even got a state official stating that we told them don't build anything north of the creek turnpike because they already found bodies when it was creating the turnpike and nobody did nothing at that time. And here it is, even today, disturbance of burial furniture, which is a felony according to some of the strictest raw laws in the state of Oklahoma on, on burial land because of the Native Americans that are here. They are the major laws that this company the land developer disturbed and destroyed graves all through that area. It's a wonder that we were able to stop them at the time that they did, uh, that we were able to in 2004. Mm-hmm. 
And this graveyard owner, he didn't really want that little piece of the graveyard. That was on the developer side. Mm-hmm. But when the developer got into trouble and got a lot of media attention to what they were doing, they did a quick deed with the blessing of NCOG and gave it to the uh, uh, the uh, graveyard owners, Kenler, uh, Butler Stump Funeral Homes. So they were free from it. And they claimed that we lost a lot of land trying to avoid it. They said, no, nah, you, you didn't clear enough. You know, it was people that used to tell me when they would go out there and you see on the south side of that creek, the wooded area that goes up into this area of the graveyard <clears throat> or the suspected riot dead, you can see tombstones clearly in a time like this in the fall when the foliage is down and, and dead. And you can see the tombstones that were there. They are no longer there at all. And so I was... Were they removed? Uh, yes, the bulldozers came in and took, in them, took out. them out. Huh? I would go out there. When they were developing the place, I would go out there almost almost daily out there as they were constructing this area. And I would see the movements of the bulldozers. You know, we we even got them on tape. Uh, uh, when the on TV film? people... The TV mm-hmm. people saw where they took a tombstone and you see the bottom of the tombstone, the, the concrete footing of it. Uh, a tree stump that that held on to a, uh, a burial shroud, it reeked of death. They clipped it off, and it, we don't know what happened to those burial furniture. They just did it. Later on, when we get uh, reports from uh, Fox 23, they were talking about a person that called in and said, yeah, I worked on on that crew, and we did come across some bones, and we were told to put it in, in the... Uh, some bones. Yeah, we found some bones, and we were told to put it in the hole, and everybody that was on the crew that saw it, they was uh, told to write a disclosure level, not to say anything about it. See, those who know won't tell. Those who tell like me, I just don't know. But it's slowly but surely... Mm. eking out because people that do know they're now telling those stories you know and uh, and you go back in time like you said earlier they were buried in different places around the city oh, this for sure. is ah, true I know. we already talked about the, the Arkansas River mm-hmm. and they come in more fluently I mean fluently they are coming to tell their stories of what they have learned and then just recently we found out the old brickyard was a site where they were trying to get rid of bodies and they threw the bodies in, in, the, in a funeral, I mean, in the furnace that made the bricks mm-hmm. right there behind OSU Tulsa, mm-hmm. which was the old Booker T slash Charles S. Johnson. Yeah, I school, know. I remember. So right well. back in that area. And so it, mm-hmm. it just amazing the, the the things they tried to keep this lie, they thought they got away with it. They well, they keep them. it hidden. It was hidden for a lot of years. Now it's coming back out. Uh, people are discovering it all over the world. Yeah. And the centennial is upon us, and we're going to have a lot of traffic coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma in 2021 yeah. as we – I don't know if I can call it a celebration, man. No, I, I, it's, no, it, you know, it's no, bittersweet it's for no. me, you know. I can't even say sweet. Yeah, I can't even say sweet. It's kind of – For some people, they're calling it – I liken it into um, a last rites, right, like – we need to bury this thing once and for all. Right. Like, let's just try to do right and try to make it right by people. Let's pacify enough people to make this thing just kind of go away. Like, we need to... You talking about the history? Yeah, we need this kumbaya effect for the exactly. 100th year exactly. centennial, right? Not... 
But the history needs to remain for a lifetime, yeah, right? And, and well, it's about historic justice, though. Yeah. Are we telling the history? Yeah. Are we just regurgitating what's been told to us? Napoleon said, right. "History is just a set of lies agreed upon." Mm-hmm. All right. So that means that we have to readjust ourselves, and we it's it's like and we, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like when we do our tour, it's like we saying, "Let's tell our story from our own narrative, right? Mm-hmm. From our own perspective, because nobody's going to tell our story like we tell our that's story." That's true. You know, I heard on the way here, I heard you say, you know. There, this, there's been an intentional hiding of the information, mm-hmm. yeah. the information, right? Right. Just like with this, the uh, the Rolling Oak Cemetery, Booker T. Washington Cemetery issue, and I'm thinking, what's the what is it? What's the motive behind all of this? You know, what's 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 the underlying issue that's blocking progress in the area that we know for a fact contains bodies? It's right. not it's not uh, hypothetical. It's not a, a conspiracy. It's we know for a fact. The bodies and are at, there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what it's really about is land and real estate. Because exactly. that 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 owner knows if they intern those bodies, that owner wants rights to the property that's back there, the right to sell, the right to do whatever mm-hmm. he wants to do with it. Mm-hmm. So that development behind there can expand as mm-hmm. much as they need to. That's mm-hmm. right. So that's you intern so all those bodies, you move them to a different area. That's right. But 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 this owner wants so much more. He wants the rights to uh, press releases, like no press release can go through, will, will be released without our approval first. Things that simple. Right? We're talking about controlling the narrative. Right. That's what we're talking about. Oakline mm-hmm. is a bigger a bigger issue than we think than we're giving it credit to. I think if we have any validation, and we know that we're talking about bodies that are preserved in boxes. Right. Which is different from Oakline because we're talking about a mass grave where right. bodies have decomposed, and you have to re- you have to really rely on mm-hmm. how those how that technology analyzes the soil. Right. That's not the case with uh with Rolling Oaks. Right. Rolling Oaks is a whole nother issue. Exactly. That can mm-hmm. br- that can bring the kind of attention that the city does not want. Right. They want the attention mm-hmm. for the centennial, but mm-hmm. that kind of attention. Yeah. Yeah. Has a different mark on it, right? Because now you're talking about mass murder in a whole different way mm-hmm. right because boxes often contain information mm-hmm. like Preserved the lady, like the doctor was saying right when you have a body we look at everything the clothes mm-hmm. well, okay you also looking at who made those coffins mm-hmm. and who the stamps and the them. markings that yeah, are on there exactly. all of that yeah. somebody had to make that box yeah so we put that yeah. box so together the, for the, those the, yeah. the evidence the evidence that could come against the city and what we're talking about here, because you again, if you call it a crime scene, that means there has to be a perp- perpetrator, mm-hmm. right? And we're not we're talking about if the Rockefellers did something to somebody a hundred years ago, right? And the Rockefellers are still prominent, still major wealthy fa- right. wealth family. They're going to go after mm-hmm. that wealth. They're going to go mm-hmm. after the Rockefellers, right? Because right? that family wealth was built on oh, whatever yeah. happened yeah. at exactly. that point to obtain it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Who benefited from 1921? Right. How many entities? Well, how many companies? How many corporations right. benefited from mm-hmm. 1921? So we start looking at it from a much, we, we start looking at it from a more expanded viewpoint, because the way they're trying to force us, it's like we're being herded into a certain way of thinking. You know, mm-hmm. like, like we're gonna lead you to where we want you to go, right. so that you don't think about what you're thinking about. Right. Right. Because think about how you get how we. The agenda is set. The right. agenda is not set up to really answer anything. Mm-hmm. 
No, it's not. Right. And I, and I think a lot of it's people to keep us in a reactionary. It's yeah. to keep us in a reactionary mode. You cannot so be progressive as a reactionary. Yeah. Right. Right. You cannot. It's not possible. If mm-hmm. we're always on the defense, if we're always in a reaction reactive state mode, then we're already behind. Right. So whatever and plan they control the narrative. That's right. Mm-hmm. But you know, to go back in time on the Booker T. Washington site, and I did research on that, and I'll be releasing that information soon. And uh, so you guys are the first to hear it. Uh, back during the time Oklahoma became a state, uh, uh, the Creek Nation allotted black folks land. A lot of them were, even though they were freemen, a lot of them were in the uh, the Creek tribe. So just like the other uh, tribes, black folks were able to obtain a lot of land by way of allotments. Mm-hmm. That particular one, I went all the way down to 19, I believe it was 1904, 1907, uh, where this that particular allotment was given to the Bruner family, mm-hmm. which that name jumped out of me because I'm kin to Bruners. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I got intrigued even more. And then I watched that that 80 acres, 160 acres over the decades before it even was thought of to be a, 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 a graveyard. And then later on, you see the name start to change. And then in around 1927, it was incorporated as a graveyard by uh, by the name by a family called the Hendren family, who took over that land. Not only did they do that one, but they got three other Booker T. Washington Memorial Garden cemeteries in Tulsa, right before us. We don't even know why they're there. The other one is in North Tulsa, right between Lewis and. Uh, Pure on Utica, over there by Berry Park. Matter of fact, there's a house on that. Technically, you look at the paperwork, that it says that that is a graveyard. It's the Booker T. Washington Memorial Gardens Cemetery right mm-hmm. there in North Tulsa. And it was created at the same time as the one out in North Tulsa. Then you look at it where people leased the land out. <clears throat> it was kind of crazy because this was during the time of the oil boom. So you see a number of people who were uh, who bought leases, and I guess to 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 buy land, and thinking in terms that they were striking rich, we're gonna dig for oil. But you digging for oil on a black graveyard? Mm-hmm. This is crazy, right? You know, right, right. And one of the things I challenged exactly. the city of Tulsa is mm-hmm. uh, uh, early on is like, which law y'all gonna stick with? Because out in South Tulsa, this Booker T. Washington Cemetery. It, we know the bodies are there. We see the bodies, but there's no documentation that's there. That's how they was able to deal what they were doing. It was, doc, it was not documented mm-hmm. until here recently. But out in North Tulsa, it said it is a documentation. said there's a cemetery, but houses on pond. I'm like, which law y'all going to stick with? You know. And this is the thing that just keep on doing. Just like in 21, it was about the real estate, even – Coming up on twenty twenty one is all about the real estate, right. just like you said. Yeah. You know, uh, and and for uh, I don't think that the 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 uh, funeral home uh, don't uh, would expect any kind of backlash. I thought they probably thought, well, we can just do this and, and nobody away will ever know. Yeah, keep it up under the radar. Keep right? it under the radar mm-hmm. until some Negro came along and blasted all out of the water. For the past fifteen right, years, right, right, right. Yeah, the hope was that we were gonna we were gonna get up and just uh huh. We were just gonna get up and and applaud and you know give just this grand 
accept, you know, yeah. like just this mm-hmm. overwhelming gratitude that is finally happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's not until we actually define what happened, what is happening. Like mm. on the surface. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, we we're finally going to do this investigation. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. On the surface, it looks wonderful. And yeah. I think the expectation was that we were just going to be grateful Negroes and move on. Uh-huh. Right. And be <laughs> well, ready. Always and, and, expectation. And, yeah. And get ready to tailgate for the 2020 party. Right. Mm-hmm. It ain't no party. You know, there ain't no party. Ain't no party. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what they say. Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's what we're talking about right there. Well, look here. Joining us right now, Greg Robertson. How are we doing, my brother? I'm blessed to be here. Yeah, glad you're here, man. We've been talking about this situation that kind of, I say, kind of haunts our community and our people, and we're not getting any results. And uh, we just kind of like been chopping it up, me, Kevin Ross, and Chief. And um, what do you think about it all, man? Something that, uh, first of all, good to be with you all, brother. You too, brother. Thank you. All the best. Um, Something strikes me about what Chief just said, uh, the expectation from the power structure, the expectation from, uh, in this instance, the the mayor's office, possibly the mayor himself. Uh, But I think it extends beyond that to um, just white people, honestly, in general, uh, when speaking about uh, people of color. Uh, in this day and age, there's a lot of uh, well-to-do white folks that are going about uh, trying to correct wrongs in their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, when you think about what uh, Dr. King says in a letter from Birmingham jail, and he's battling with this notion of uh, white folks wanting to help, but wanting to help on their own time. Mm-hmm. or wanting to help in their own way. And there's this thing that all of us have, wherever we coming from, that we are averse to causing ourselves harm, putting ourselves in any state of discomfort. Uh, and so to me, that's what you see playing out. Um, it's It's difficult for us. We stand there and get frustrated, you know, Y'all know what the truth is. You know what the right thing to do is. You know that if you're going to open it up, open it all the way up. Right, right. Don't don't peek. We should be right. That's easy for us to say. Yeah. But what are we actually saying Mm -hmm. to them? Right. When we say open it all the way up, we saying open yourself Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that is such a threatening deal. Now, what the city of Tulsa has chosen to do over and over and over again is to say, hmm, how can we do this while maintaining our status quo, Mm -hmm. right? And possibly even looking better for it. Mm -hmm. So you do a mass graves commission, um, but you only kind of look for the mass graves. Right. Um, You, when when people start bringing up, well, where is this ultimately going? Where is this ultimately going? Instead of like you would with any other problem, you start at the ultimate outcome you're trying to get to, right? right. And then you march towards right. that. Right. Follow what I'm saying. Anytime we're trying to solve for something, we start at where we're trying to finish at and mm-hmm. then work backwards. Mm-hmm. So why is it that when we ask what happens when we do find the bodies? Right. Right. What happens when we do uncover the graves? 
Right. Why are the answers that we're getting less weight on that? Exactly. Again, less weight on that. Yeah. Because the point of this is not to figure uh have a a solution where you're having real justice uh for the ancestors that uh were not given proper burials for their families that were denied the um economic reparations that they deserve and for the black people in this city right now um that have still there's a debt to pay that is not the goal of this the goal that has been stated is do right by some folks yeah for right, right now for right now and so i think that just understanding is something that um has been enlightening for me in this process and i say it that way because i think we as a people are cursed as well right no we have to wake up every day and train ourselves to be decolonized mm-hmm. i have to do it myself mm-hmm. i have to wake up every day and train myself not to be okay because if not, I find myself being like, well, yay, at least we're doing this, right? I find myself being pacified. Mm-hmm. And I think we're lying to ourselves if we don't think that that's going to continue to happen to us if we don't make a tangible, conscious decision and then educate our people on right. why, no, you're not just a loud black man or the loud black woman. You're not just the agitator. You're not just doing too much you're a freed person on the inside trying to get out right trapped in a system that for so long has conditioned you that the only way you can advance is to learn the system the system and so i that's sorry that's my intro (laughs) say that bro um I'm reflecting on it because I'm but that's so true in so many different conversations. It's so mm-hmm. true. Until we get out of the enslaved mindset, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of us are still in that mindset. Yeah. And the system, we're controlled systematically because we don't make up the laws and the rules. The Constitution was written without us in mind. You know what I mean? And so we got a lot of work to do, but we got to be able to go to our community Talk to our people, give them the education and knowledge that they need because some of them don't have it. Right. They don't know anything about a lot of stuff. They're conditioned to the system. Right. You know, uh, the system tells us in order to be successful, you got to be like white people. Yeah. You know, you got to have the big house, the big cars, the big job, go Mm -hmm. to school, get a college, get a degree and be like the white people. Yeah. You know, but uh, we need to tell we need to be like Black Wall Street. Right. You know, and build our own wealth and our own things. I'm so tired. I said it earlier. Mm-hmm. I get so tired of seeing us always got our hands out for white folks to do stuff for us mm-hmm. that we could be doing for ourselves. Exactly. Because they did it back in 21 and beyond that time in, in a much rigid system. Something all the rules were against them, but yet and still they rose through it all, even after the uh, the yep. so-called right pogrom, mm-hmm. the mass the massacre. They pulled themselves by their own bootstraps and succeeded. And even when they built Greenwood back, here comes urban removal to come right and knock, knock it down. It right down. down again. So I have a question about that. Yeah, they knocked it back down. The place that we're searching, and I, I've, I've asked this, but I want to ask it to you all, maybe in a, the comforts of our own studio. Yeah. Okay. The place that we're searching and have found an anomaly is a city-owned Correct. space. Mm-hmm. 
We know what happened uh, immediately after the massacre. Um, mm-hmm. I believe Tate Brady was over this in terms of uh, creating the the uh, economic system that went in and and commission that went in and took lands, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, the Tulsa Real Estate Exchange. Tulsa Real right. Estate Exchange. Then you look at what happens years later, where I guess by coincidence the same railroad track <laughs> that runs splits Greenwood. And have mm-hmm. also just so happens to run right over the place where it's thought that bodies were. Now, all of the things that I'm talking about are either city sanctioned or state sanctioned. Mm-hmm. It's all politics. Now, those are human beings in these positions. Mm-hmm. The question that I ask is if people were mass buried. In a city cemetery mm-hmm. after a city disaster, and then those people were built over, and nothing was said about it until we got a hundred years later. Who, where is is the culpability for that uh-huh. not laid on the city? Are we just supposed to act like nobody knew? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then what are we actually talking about? What kind of not just um physical conspiracy in terms of murder, but um what kind of conspiracy in terms of covering up of ev- evidence mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of a, a then an economic plot to take land yes. and to never give it back? I mean, yes. what kind of lawsuit is that? And I I think I'm just posing that question out there because, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani in, in New York became so famous for taking down the mafia because of conspiracy. And what I'm saying is, is that when you look and say, wow, this dot matches with this dot matches with this dot, they just it just we just supposed to believe it just happened like that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We just supposed to believe a massacre just happened because two people was on the elevator, one was black and one... We know that's not true right. when you got the Klan meeting two years before. So right. what I'm saying is it's just too many... This is in the 1920s, and they had enough organization to burn down a whole community. Okay? And it. Yeah, they did. I'm talking about within hours now. Mm-hmm. So the evidence of orchestration, the evidence of cover-up, continued cover-up over the decades, there's just too much there. And just because you go and and do a commission after a hundred years, to me that don't absolve the city from nothing. No, it don't. No, and and that effort was taken all the way to the Supreme Court when the Supreme Court, even though those great lawyers, the Charles Overtrees, the Dennis Sweets, the uh, uh, John, the late Johnny Cochran, all fought in the issue on the city deputized the mob, and there's no statute of limitation on murder. The state, not the state Supreme Court, but the United States Supreme Court said, we don't want to even look at it. It's beyond the statutes of limitations. So wait, did we just say that they created a mob? They deputized the mob. The mob went in and destroyed this area and committed murder. And you mean you won't listen to it and it was the right thing to do? I'm struck by, I watched a documentary. Um, it was about... Uh, Holocaust uh, people who perpetu- or, um, persecuted the Jews, right? So the mm-hmm. either the German soldiers or the uh, Polish soldiers. Uh, and what I was struck by was 
any time you were even thought to have been a part of that, you were extradited, mm-hmm. sent to yeah. court in right. Israel, right. and all of those survivors and mm-hmm. the survivors' families. I mean, it was right. so powerful. They held a trial, yeah. and they got to come, and they got to tell you mm-hmm. what you did to them. Right, and how it affected my and life. And how it affected my life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. right? And to me, I was sitting there watching it, and I said, that's exactly right. Right. And it was what strikes me is it was a worldwide commitment. Right. You could not hide as a Nazi sympathizer. You could not hide. Right. Right. In America, they would. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Yep. Right. We sitting here right in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in America, hiding. Right. Murder. Mm-hmm. In plain sight. In plain sight. And with that being said, we're going to take a break. And we're going to come back, you know, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. KBOB 89.9 FM here in Tulsa. Also, Blog Talk Radio. Man, we got Kevin Ross, Greg Robinson, and Brother Chief in the house. And we talking about it. This is a black-owned radio station. Black-owned, black-paid-for, blackity-blackity-black. You know, that's what I say, blackity-blackity-black. So we want you to support and... um Come over here if you got ideas or things you want to talk about in our community to get the word out in the history and the knowledge. Don't hesitate to do so. Hi, All right. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroot Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to The Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Juice Radio Show, bringing the liveest people on our show. Tulsa's top chefs, music artists, and entrepreneurs sit down exclusively with the, the Juice. Juice. rocking with the best. The Juice Radio Show, Tulsa. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com. That's the letter U T R E E P dot com, as well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista Dawn Tree, and you can also kick it old school and give us a call at two zero two. 910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation. We can have you hooked up. Peace. 
I, I might as well drop a, drop a little something on your hold up. Belly Bear, Messy Mika, Sunshine, Sunshine, Randall Lopez, Oatman, and DJ Perfecto. Yep, that's my crew. Wake up. Wake up every morning with your morning crew from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the all-new 89.9 FM Community Radio. Who's that? KBOB. Oh, yeah. KBOB, the home of the Bobby Eaton Show, the Juice Radio Show, and Two Dogs Radio Show. Yeah. I do it big. Okay. You better R-E-S-P-E-C-T me. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stay connected and call us now at 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live. Let's do it. Tune into the Groove Zone. Join Dale, Mr. Groove Taylor, every Saturday from 2.30 to 5.30. You're in the zone on the all-new Community Radio 89.9 FM. If your credit starts with a 3, 4, 5, or 6, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again... Call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. We tell stories our way. And that's right. That's what we do right over here in the heart of Black Wall Street, 1533 North Norfolk, uh, Eaton Media Services, KBOB 89.9 FM. And I'm for the community. I'm for the people in the community. That's why I set this all up in the studio. Kevin Ross, Greg Robertson, and Brother Chief are here. And we've been chopping it up and talking about much-needed information in our community. So those of you who are out there listening, pass the word. Don't just hear this stuff. Talk about this stuff. Be about it. You know, and that's what we have to do. We need more soldiers in the Army. Don't you guys feel that way? Young soldiers. Yeah, we need some young soldiers. We need some brothers, some young brothers and black men, Mm -hmm. you know, to uh, come and get this knowledge and get this information because they're our future. Yeah. You know, and those 20-year-olds and teens uh, need to connect, you know, with our history and what we're all about. Because a lot of men, my dad always say, somebody, somebody made it to where you can be where you're at right now. Right. Right. And if it wasn't for that somebody, then, hey, we'd have still been where we were at. I strongly believe that we, till this day, I strongly believe even though the Greenwood of old is gone, we still stand on those shoulders. Of somebody. Of, of, of those pioneers of Greenwood mm-hmm. That's right. and beyond and stuff like Absolutely. that. And, and, I, and I don't want to let them down, uh, but not completing this task. And in some areas, uh, we are weakened because of the history not being passed down for them to even know. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because you know we live we live in a socialistic technical society today, yes. and people are so much into themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not a we situation; it's a me situation. Mm-hmm. And as they, uh, some of the young people, uh, uh, and I'm not talking about all young people because there are some good ones out there. Mm-hmm. Some of them get a bad rap, you right, know. Right. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we're so non. Socialistic with our youth because when we we were coming up, we didn't have no cell phones and all of that kind of stuff, and we would communicate verbally with each other. Now everybody's texting, and social media is a big thing, and they do Snapchat and all of that, showing all kinds of stuff. And some of our youth stay up all night long. (laughs) You know, when your mama used to make you get in the bed. You know, nine o'clock, you ten o'clock, bed. huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, right, right, right. You used to get in the bed. All in the bed. Well, I had bed, to get. No, you was in the bed. No, you was in the bed. Till you see that, that white noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right on TV. <laughs> hey, you remember that when the TV cut off? Yeah. yeah. You know, what yeah. Do you know who your children are? <laughs> you know what I mean? Shoot. Well, I remember. You couldn't. You couldn't slide up on the TV. No, you couldn't. You couldn't do no, no slide right no, on that no. TV. You hey, barely had to get the wire plugs. Yeah, yeah, and change the channel with that wire <laughs> and that tin fall on the man because yeah, we only had about three stations. Three, two, no, we had four. We had four. And if you had that band spot, you had to go up on the roof and move that antenna right. Move that antenna right. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Right there. Hit your leg. You be hollering loud. Okay, right there. Right there. They said, hey, we're going to make them on the smart TV so oh, bad, man. boy. <laughs> oh, man. Now everything is smart. Yeah. Everything yeah. is smart. Except us. Except us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we just need to get that information out there to our youth, But, you know, e- even though that's their platform, that's their world, mm-hmm. what they need is the information of our history into their phones, into their Instagrams and their Facebook history and all that stuff, so they can see from and they they learn it because right now the school system, as you know, Greg, this is you remember we used to have them big old giant books carrying the class. Mm-hmm. These kids wear backpacks, but it's for their laptops and they get rid of the books. Mm-hmm. And these kids are studying by way of the computer. And I tell you what, um, I was shocked the amount of little kids that they watch the news. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shocked to be even saying that. It's what I'm saying. (laughs) But they, I know they watch the news because I walk around Greenwood Leadership Academy and the kids say, "Uh, "I saw you and Miss Christie fighting to make sure they dig up them bodies." Now these are things. These are things that seven, eight, nine kids are saying. Um, They watch it. Um, What I'm saying is, it's critically important that we continue to take advantage of the um, platform that we have right now with the eyes of the world. Yes. Uh, on Tulsa, yes. uh, on the 100-year anniversary, um, every documentary that we can be a part of is right. critical to right. tell the it story. Is. Tell story. To uh, tell it correctly. To tell it correctly. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, correct. Uh, before every, Hollywood comes yeah. in, like they already they done. Fabricated. And, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a time where we have to proliferate mm-hmm. uh, the airwaves with the real narrative, the real story, the real story. Uh, of, of not just what Greenwood was, but what... Uh, Greenwood today, you know, should be and can be. be. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that's I just I just want to make that point that we have right now, we can look at it and say, You said it. 
Mm-hmm. They are. That's where they're at. So it's mm-hmm. our responsibility the to teeters. go. Yeah, where yeah, at, really. Right? I, I get the same experience at my school too, because uh, 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 being on television and stuff like that. And this is Mr. Ross. Mr. Ross, was like, I saw you. You that graveyard dude. <laughs> graveyard, graveyard. I said okay. Well, okay. you telling me that you actually a, uh, visually uh, seeing visually something. See this. I said okay. Mm-hmm. And so they, I want to know more. I'm glad. So that's what you get to really feed. You get you get the interest, and they want to know. And I can, you know, especially I got a, a group of second graders. They learning to ride right now. Mm, I got the Hispanic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I they they got it. They they working on their own little story and stuff like that. And and and, and even though this population is, is is majority Hispanic, they do understand the plight of what happened to African Americans because they can relate to the Donald Trumps of the world and how the, the, the immigration and all yeah, that. They understand mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And they just don't understand why would people be so mean just because the color of their skin. They just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of kids and the kind of population that we need to develop. Where it, it makes it don't make sense to hate a person because the color of their skin. The color of their skin. Yeah. They don't, you know, so I want them because it was silly. I, I, you know, I told you that story mm-hmm. years ago, and I tell the kids the story all the time. When my family just moved into suburban acres, where we know today is North Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we were the, one of the first blacks in that particular street um, for, uh, past 36th Street. And I remember going to Walt Whitman Elementary School. It was all white over there. It was all white. And I mm-hmm. think they were just trying to push integration into Tulsa Public School. It was a big fight then. And so here I'm, kindergartner, walk in with my mom, holding my hand into the front doors of the school, and a little kid, white kid, looks straight in front of me and say, look, Ma, there go one of those chocolate kids. And I looked at my mom, Ma, where's the chocolate kid at? I want to see him too. Uh-huh. And so my mom, you know, she pissed. Because she know what time it yeah, is. Yeah, she's like, mm-hmm. boy, he's talking about you. And I remember saying, I'm not chocolate. You know, that's the mindset. Just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can't. We end up being the same class, uh, same kindergarten class together. You and a little guy. A little guy. Mm-hmm. And 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 years later, we will be able to connect much. All that we move back and thank mm-hmm. goodness for Facebook. Mm-hmm. We able to talk about that particular time because we were right. You know, you talk about this the, the millenniums, and you talk about the the uh, the, the boomer. Uh, people where well, we the the civil rights babies mm-hmm. we should know how to fight because we grew up in it up under the fighters it. yeah mm-hmm. we're fighters mm-hmm. it's just not enough of us to fight and one of those times Tulsa this is the time to fight now I'm talking about getting the guns out and stuff like that but to be vocal and be active be proactive not reactive because that's where they get us when we reactive they scared of us when we proactive when we already got the plan a lot of times, man, when we we so quick to give up. Yeah. See, we'll start a protest yeah, and we'll get yeah, out there and yeah. get to going. Yeah. Two weeks later, man, we didn't slacked off and the protests and slacked. And you got right. just the same few soldiers yeah. who still fighting the war. Yeah. Well, it's like what Greg said. You know, you we're not thinking about. You know, I have this term. Don't ask me to come fight with you if we're not fighting to win. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my mantra. If mm-hmm. I don't feel like you already have a plan. Or an idea or a vision about what it's going to look like, like on the other too. side of the battle. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a casualty. 
and I'm not bringing people for the sake of being casualties. Right. So, so people like, we're chief here. Why can't you fight? Why can't you? If I'm, I'm making it a public announcement right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. If it's, you can do saying, it right here. if it's not based on winning, mm-hmm. don't invite me to the fight. Mm-hmm. I'm not, won't be on the battlefield. Right. I'm, I, I throw you a grenade or two from the sidelines, but I'm, that ain't my <laughs> fight. I'm not getting in that. Right. Because I know you're on a suicide mission. Right. right? right That's exactly. why even what, what we, what we doing now with the mass graves, it's like, we have to put them in a position to where we force them on the defensive because you're putting us in a very vicarious position. You, you, you're forcing us. You're trying to force us to be reactionaries, strictly reactionaries, right? But they got the wrong group of, of, right. of people mm-hmm. on, this, on a part of this oversight committee, right? Like we have to say, let's look over the wall. Mm-hmm. The wall is 20, like Erica Badu said, I, you know, if I could just recall I'm 20 feet tall, despite the fact that you built mm-hmm. the wall. Right. Mm. We are in a position where even with us sharing the history, what are you going to do with the history? Right. How what can you how can you utilize that history? Is it just for is it just for the sake of knowledge? Because you got a lot of scholars, hmm. Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, whatever. You got a lot right. of cyber scholars. <laughs> right. Right. But you right. don't have people who know how to be applicators of that information. So you, what you have is you got all these people who got a lot of knowledge, a lot of insight, a lot of, you know, screen information, but they don't have no, they don't, they don't know what to do. No application. No, there's no apprenticeship with them. And even when we look at the, like Kevin was saying, we got, he's saying, you know, I was part of that civil rights generation. I should know how to fight. Okay. What followed the civil rights generation? Black power generation. Mm -hmm. What followed the black power generation? The hippie movement, hippie generation. Mm-hmm. Are you? And if you pay attention to the cycles, the social cycles, then you know what the offspring are going to do, and in in, when they face with the same repeat of same history, thing. right? Repeat because those history. are the offsprings of a certain mind, a certain period, mm-hmm. right? So now you got when you think about who are the parents and the children that were engaged in the hippie movement, who were the parents and the children who were involved in the crack during the during the uh, war on crime movement mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you start looking all you got to do is pay attention to that if you pay, if you pay attention to the cycle to the social cycle at that time you know exactly the product of the offspring and you and that helps you develop what kind of countermeasures you need to put in place but because we're not thinking like that and we get stuck in this cycle of i remember when yeah. right like what do you mean you remember when we, we, we african culture is based on the concept of continuum like yeah. the circle is unbroken there's no past or present it's all it's all continuous, right? Like it's all connected. Mm. Everything that we do is connected. So we start to look at that. And even when we think about the people who are in power or in position of power, we think about those people and you think about how they manipulate, how they exploit people just like us because they understand we didn't create, we didn't design any of those movements. We didn't design any of those systems rather that, that we have to, negotiate or navigate through and because that's an understanding when people like us show up and we challenge we don't just challenge the system we expose it and then Mm -hmm. we we offer them an opportunity Mm -hmm. right you can we can we can we're showing you what the problem is but and we're going to show you what you can do to fix it but the the consequence if you fail to do that that's where we fall short right because we don't we don't we don't that's we just we, we end up missing from that scene when those kind of things happen, like who's paying for this? Mm-hmm. We are. We always become the benefactors 
of oppression, of hmm. of punishment, of pain, of whatever it is. Right. We we continuously make ourselves the benefactors of that. Then we sign a contract and say, all right, my grandchildren, my children are going to be the benefactors of that. Without a plan that says, how do we move beyond being reactionary? How do we move beyond being property? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Right? And that's that's a real big one because you think about it. What no matter where you go in a nation, everybody always says, man, if we could just get our economics together, we, we would be able to do so yeah, much more. Yeah. But how do you say that to a people who have been property? Mm. Right? We don't even think about the psychological challenges that we deal with collectively. And because we don't think about them, when we get in a position to do the, do the right thing, right? We got everything we need in the room. Right. It falls apart because we forget that all of this stuff is following us into the room, right? We're not mm-hmm. thinking about, have you detoxed from any of this stuff? Like, like, you know, like, like you said, Bobby, you say all the time, we had the slave mentality, but that is cliche now. But what does that really mean when right. we say, okay, I, if you understand plantation politics, my daddy used to always say, son, when you walk into a room, understand poli- uh, plantation politics. He said, you will know who the runaway was. You will know who the breeder was. You will know who the uh, the overseer was. You will know everybody's position on the plantation if you understand plantation politics. Mm-hmm. So that means that you got to get if you're trying to be free, don't get with the folks that's happy being on the plantation. Right. Yeah, because they're not going to go anywhere. Either. Right. You don't. You you, you jeopardize the movement. Right. That's a ball. But you got like yeah. So you got to get with all of those who are saying we we're trying to free ourselves from this. Right. Finding a final way to that, that collectivity. Strategically making moves. Yeah, the evidence. You know? The evidence is actually there. Um, yeah, it's so there. I can, it, so I came back, uh, I guess it's <clears throat> going on four years now. And, oh, man, you came at the same time, man. And so back here at the... that time, uh, you could see the remnants. I think the Brady Street thing mm. was closing or they was about you know mm-hmm. and if you look now at looking at what has happened the energy that what has occurred um, a common thread there you talk about that circle within the uh, african culture uh, i view that as a as connection uh, and the our continuous ability to connect uh, creating spaces for like minds uh, to come together, creating spaces for energies to attract, right, uh, has produced uh, positive movement forward in this city. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important mm-hmm. uh, when you're trying to train a people, when you're trying to train yourself right. on how right. to win a war, mm-hmm. you always have to go back and debrief and say, mm, what worked? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. What worked? And Mm -hmm. if you look at right now, why are we making the advances that we are making? Mm -hmm. Why are we in the positions that we are in? Mm -hmm. It's not because a white man gave it to us. Right. Okay. It's because there is more and more of us Mm -hmm. that are having conversations again with each other. Of like minds. Of like minds. That are. And have to be that. Yeah. And, and, and so I say, whatever we do moving forward, we need to make sure that we fo- at least begin to say, look, this is a formula, mm-hmm. right, that mm-hmm. we follow. And, and, that's, 
and it works. And I think sometimes, you know, you can say you intellectualize the movement or whatever. Um, sometimes we just overlook very simple mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, the civil rights movement was so powerful and so successful because they just said, whatever we do, we're going to meet every week in this one place. And we're going to have a conversation with our people. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens after that week, we'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have another conversation, mm-hmm. right? Simple developing, simple processes. It's like that in any business. You know, that you say right. that, man, you hit me hard because I always go to the barbershop next door. Mm-hmm. Where these iconic black men, Homer Johnson, mm-hmm. Don Rawls, uh, my daddy, Eden, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Bernard McIntyre, and yeah. all of these icon- they would meet there on a regular basis and strategically do plans. We going up to Borden's Cafeteria sure. Saturday right. at such and such a time, and we going to go in there and sit at them lunch counters. Right. And uh, they got locked up and went to jail went and to stuff. Jail, sure did. You know, but yeah. at the same time, they would meet. Right. Even after the barbershop closed. Right. You know, my grandpa was, well, okay, y'all go ahead and do what you're going to do. And they would be in that barbershop meeting, mm-hmm. you know, planning. Wow. And that's how it was, man. Wow. I was a little old boy. I used to push the broom. And yeah. I see see all these iconic men. And, and I'm like, wow. These giant looked like giants. They looked like giants. And they had apprentices. You know, they yeah. had people that were yeah. apprentices. Apprentices up they, under there. So you never saw them without a young person with them. They had them all, right? and even time. if they were absent, it was on purpose. Like it's like Homer and need, you, yeah, it's like Homer Johnson so and you, Homer, myself, Homer Johnson, Uwa, Uwa, Greg's father, exactly, Greg, uh, Daddy, Billy, Uwa, Billy Uwa. Williams, yeah, all of them, all of us would meet together, just like he just said. Every week we met at Billy Williams' house, mm-hmm. right? Billy Williams, and they yeah. they would help us learn how to strategize in such a way against the system that, exactly because they wanted and another doctor doctor i can't remember the doctor's name he was a uh a, he was a dentist actually and he oh, said Oliver williams yeah williams yeah i believe so yeah. dr williams but he, they, two things they taught us they said number one control their time if you can control their time you throw them completely off <laughs> that's the number one thing you have to do is control their time number two make sure you understand how to be unpredictable. Mm. Mm. Completely right. unpredictable. He mm. said, if you can control a time and be unpredictable in every action you make, every active action move you make, you have already, you're already 17 steps ahead. You a whole day ahead. Because, see, they believe that they have mastered our psychology right. and how we think. That's why they can be condescending in meetings and because they know how far we'll go. They know what we want to uh, do, what we yeah. will do. And they know how to push their button. Exactly. And but they, they have, they're not accustomed to having and, their own button you know, pushed. Right. They don't like you being radical. <coughs> the word it, radical. You, you even manipulating that terminology. Mm-hmm. Like, what is radical? Being a surprise element is radical. Di- controlling their time is radical. Like when somebody say, you have five minutes and you continue to talk. And talk and Pay talk five and minutes. talk, and you know that they have an end time mm-hmm. that they have to be out of there. Mm-hmm. They were simply teaching us to control the agenda. You control the agenda, you control the time period. You you got this thing locked out and never met, let somebody reveal themselves as the head. Mm-hmm. That was the third rule. Mm-hmm. Mm. Powerful. And all that needs to be passed down. You know, right. it needs to be passed down because we got some generations that don't know anything about that strategic mm-hmm. type. 
planning of what what you need to do. So um, it's um, we need to bring all that back, bring it back to the front. Yeah, and, I think and it got know. lost in the fact that it got lost. It got, yeah, it you got again. You have to think about the things that were happening at certain times, like when we were going through that. You, we had a lot of gang violence and different things like that going on. Distractions. So, so, you had a, and so in our community and even in our groups, like our, our, our political groups, we had informants. We had all of these people who were inside of our organizations who were creating real chaos. Mm-hmm. And we, but because we, we totally missed the lessons of the black power movement. I was going to say mm-hmm. that sounds right? just like the we Panthers. missed the, We yeah, missed dude. all of the counter counter the the agent provocateurs and the counter the COINTELPRO agents. We missed those lessons. So we were naive in thinking that the system is going to see us do right and they're going to support us because we don't have to live with the stigma of being radical negroes who are just looking for trouble. We want you trying to break that stigma and be, you know, be seen as intelligent. It was like Man. Those those elders simply showed us, mm-hmm. no, this is what you're gonna have to do. This is how we got here. This is what you got to do, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like 1921 yeah. when they went to the courthouse. They didn't expect us to have a whole skirmish line at the, at the Frisco railroad tracks with with bags and and uh, and sharpshooters ready mm-hmm. when they decided to come to our community, mm-hmm. right? So you got all these missing aspects of the story. That's why I even when we talk about 1921, we can't talk about it. In this entrenched victim state, right? Because we fought for hours, right? Right. We we do a disservice to those veterans who fought in World War One and came back, and we veterans and, and and those veterans became soldiers again in their own community. So we have to. It, that's what that's what happens when you tell a story in, in its completeness. That's why that heel is so insulting. Yes. With the, mm-hmm. with, that's why that heel is so insulting with that OSU. Yeah. Uh, Marketing. Oh yeah, man, that's that. horrible. It's like a, that a be conqueror's a, flag. That should yeah. be a yes, right? Yeah, it should be never a forget. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and I, I, I strongly yeah, agree system. that we had to yeah. we have to go back and learn from the past so we know where we're going. That's true. And and the, many of those people uh, who are no longer here, but we can feel their spirit, and we just got to get back to that point and understand what has happened and what can nope. we do today. To Those sure soldiers, you have to learn their spirit. Right, well, right. And when you learn their spirit and what they were about, mm-hmm. and you know, you investigate, well, what was this man all about? Mm-hmm. And then you get that, you say, oh, I see. Now I need to tell my son the mm-hmm. same story right. and keep passing that story passing down. It down. Pass that story down so mm-hmm. it doesn't get washed out. And quit making it safe yeah. for those of us who've made the decision that we're going to uh, be selfish and profit off of mm-hmm. uh, the exploitation of our community. Exactly. I'm sorry. I get very sick of the, this unity, this um, kumbaya, this kumbaya oh, fake man. unity. Fake. That's, a, that's a complex. There's no white society in the world you know. that's unified. Yeah, okay? and-, and we we get one of the most unified peoples that there are, right? That we literally, we have extended families. Do you realize how much larger our families are culturally mm-hmm. than the people who we've believed uh, this lie that they're telling that we need to unify as a community if we're ever going to get somewhere? And we spit it out and tell ourselves, my pushback to you is, why would I ever unify with somebody who is doing me harm? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so part of passing it down 
and and understanding what the lessons are and understanding who those people were is understanding who they would not provide safe haven right. in their communities. Right. You're not going to, I'll take it further back than the massacre. You're not just going to walk around Nat Turner, right? Right. right. And and not be willing to fight. That's why the first question he asked exactly. was, "Who in here willing to fight?" Right. Mm-hmm. And right. and every day that we allow for that passivity uh, to to have free reign, um, that we allow for uh, false idols mm-hmm. and 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 false prophets and false heroes, yeah. folks that that other people have boosted up and put in a position. Mm-hmm. Every day that we just allow that to go without checking them, the same way we would check the white person, mm-hmm. then we allow for for that spirit um, to exist. And it, I, I'm saying it because anytime you're preparing for a championship, before you can prepare to defeat the enemy. You have to prepare to do what? You have to prepare yourself Self, right. to do what mental, y'all, physical, that's hey, it. All of it, you know. To you do what to do you it. do best. And that's so right. there's there has to be a dual conversation that we continue dual. to have. Yeah. It has to be dual. Sure. A space where the Regina Goodwins and the Vanessa Hall Harpers mm-hmm. voices are elevated. That we're saying it's their strength that you need to be trying to yeah, replicate, right. not tell them, exactly. not tell them, oh, y'all need to do it a different way. Or well, you know, you, say you, it in you a just different. you just said you just something. Radical. You just said something. You know, see, this is how I feel. You say Regina and Vanessa, right? Yes. Which are great, powerful women in our community, I right? I know what you're gonna say. But the thing about it is, is we don't know their positions. We don't know what a state representative is and what it entails. We don't know what a city councilor is. We don't know what, but we know Regina and we know Vanessa, you know, and we vote for them based upon a lot of times based upon namesake and popularity based upon what we want. But at the same time, I look at it in a sense that um, these are iconic women and they're doing great things in our community. We've had people in position that didn't do so good. Your dad Don Ross did a lot of stuff, right. man. You know, him and Maxine mm-hmm. them did a lot oh, of yeah. stuff. Oh, and yeah. we've had people do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But until we get to a point to where we realize what we're voting for and who we're voting for right. and what the policies are. You know, you go to vote and it's a big list and all of these different policies. You don't even know what you're voting for on some right. of them. Right, right. What because we haven't done the investigation. Ask those questions. To ask those questions. White folks put something on on the ballot mm-hmm. and put it in such a, a a wordy way that you don't understand. Yeah, what is that? What is that? And you just check the box. Yeah. And next thing you know, something is passed that. Oh, I didn't know. I that. voted for that. I voted for that. Yeah. You know, we need to investigate what mm-hmm. we do and when you do. You know me. I'm like this. If it's something on the ballot, I don't know nothing about. It. I don't even check the no boxes. Well, I just don't go that way because. I don't want to empower the system mm-hmm. in a way that I don't know anything educated about. So I try to investigate that because think about it. If we're just 14 percent is what they say mm-hmm. of the United States of America, mm-hmm. you know, and only here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they say we only 65,000 black people. Mm-hmm. District one got 33,000 black folks mm-hmm. in district one. 
The rest of the 11,000 or whatever so have moved Broken Arrow, right. Jinx, Bigsby, everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And economic development in our community is at an all-time low. Yeah. Because now you got gentrification coming in with the quick trips and, right. uh, and the Burger Kings and stuff, big corporate businesses <laughs> sucking you up. You know, all and they're not putting nothing back, back. into the community. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you got that going on like that, mm-hmm. a community suffers mm-hmm. because you don't have a lot of black businesses. Mm-hmm. One thing that I notice is that when you're closing schools in our mm-hmm. community, you mm-hmm. shutting them down. Right. That means that there ain't nobody being fruitful and multiplying. Right. You right. know what I mean? It ain't no lot of. Uh, we ran out of kids. We ran out of kids. <laughs> it ain't enough kids in our community coming up like the Hispanic families are right. doing. They're multiplying right. because at one time we were above them at 14 percent. Now they 17 percent of the yeah. U.S. Yeah. and it's growing and growing. It's because of the division that we have brought about. Black men and black women aren't loving each other anymore. Mm-hmm. We had, we're, there's some, the system systematically mm-hmm. is bringing about that divide. Right. And so when you got that divide and you ain't loving each other and you ain't making a bunch of kids and incarceration rate is right, six, right, right, 68% of the United States right. is, is incarcerated black brothers. Right. You know what I mean? And they in, they in jail and you got a single parent mama raising her kid. You know what I mean? She the mama and the daddy, and if they don't have an uncle or grandpa in their life, they grow up just on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. You know, so we got to get to the point to where as we start looking at these households, households and looking at these people, you know, in our community and helping them, it's Mm -hmm. H-E-L-P, help. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you gotta. People need to know they need help. Yeah, they need One to know. The, it's true too. Because, because when we, every, I, you know, I just listened to what you just said, and I thought about something. How many elected officials we got in our community? What three, four? So you got Monroe Nichols. Okay, okay, I'm forgot you about got him. Kevin Matthews. Kevin Matthews. Okay, but we only mentioned two. Regina, because for the most part. Those are the ones that you see. You see most active. Yeah. Okay, so going back to what you said about access to information, mm-hmm. understanding people's political position. Regina and Vanessa are not popular on a positive note. They popular for doing what's not pop was pop, not yeah. popular. Yeah. Right? They they're known for doing what everything that you just said. If there's a ballot, if there's an issue that comes up, there's a town hall meeting. That's there's it. some kind they of have them all the some time. kind of meeting, just like That's what Greg true. was saying. Every week we say we're going to meet here. Okay. They have a consistent schedule where they communicate with the community and let the community know what's going on. And speak for the community. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, we just left out two other elected officials who we don't get that from. That's a whole nother (laughs) Pandorum of information that's missing from us. Now we got a black police chief. Mm, That's a conversation. That's a whole nother. But that's a whole nother area. That is now added to the things that we need to the what everything that you just said, right? How do we get? How do we become aware? How do we become? How do we gain that understanding? How do we make use of that population base that's underserved, undereducated, or miseducated? How do we? How do we make use of that, right? Because we know what the problem is. We're just not solution based to the point that we're saying, how did we get here? And how can we prevent from being just so immersed into this problem that we can never get out, 
right? Like you in it to perpetuum. How did we get where we are now? Like, like we're talking about development and North Tulsa and land and what we don't have. Why is it we don't have? Mm. Right? Because I think why we don't have is because a lot of times we don't believe in us. There you go. And see, we, when you don't believe in yourself and that you can do, how often is it said, well, man, don't open up no business north side. They're going to rob you and they're going to break you down. Don't open up nothing over there because you can't win. Right. And that's just, to me, a myth. You know what I mean? That's just, to me, a myth because we've been conditioned to believe that. It's a program. It's a program. It's you know, you it's just a program. You just, it's program, just, you just myth, believe that. You can open up a business yeah. in North Tulsa and, and have some wins and some success. If you do, there are a few people that are doing well with their businesses over here. But I'm thinking you know? bigger than that. Yeah, but you got to think bigger than that. Because the mindset of the people that we just got through talking about, those great minds, those elders that we talked about, right? they gave us the blueprint. The template right? is there. But while they were giving us the blueprint, somebody else was trying to break us completely down. Like we know what that generation is getting ready to do. Right. You got this whole conscious rap group generation. That was yeah. my generation. OK. They got followed by gangster rap. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the breakdown. We can't let them do everything they rapping about. Right. Because what they rapping about is what they what they predecessors told them. Unity, self-destruction, all of the stuff that counters all of the things that's happening in our community. OK, so you got people like his dad, Homer Johnson, people that were saying I'm and your dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them saying they are mistreating those people that I respect as elders. I'm mm-hmm. watching people talk trash, right? Matt, serious trash. And it's offensive to me because they're talking about revolutionary activity. They were saying we need to de-annex yes. North no, Tulsa, yeah, they did. right? Yeah. So I'm saying right. when we talk about progressive thinking, right? Innovation and progressive are two different words. Correct. Right? Because your innovation can belong to anybody. It can be bought by anybody. But if you're not able to use it in a progressive way that helps you develop your own community. So they said, let's de-annex. What happened? What stopped that from happening? Most people don't know. Most people don't even know what the word or the term means. So when you say schools closing out north, no businesses, no infrastructure, no this, no that, because you're not developing that as a tax base like Jinx or Union or whatever or whatever district that did exactly that, DNX from Tulsa right. and created their own tax base, their own district, so that you make use of everything. Because it ain't that North Tulsa don't have money. No, it's not that yeah. at it's all. Not that. It's yeah. not that right. Because we feed everybody else's community in excess. Yeah. It's about us being able to say, how can we be so revolutionary that we think beyond, right, beyond what everybody else is talking about? Because everybody else is spitting game to us and telling us, like he said earlier, telling you how you need to do. But you're not doing what works. You're not doing what works, though. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the system really never consults with the community to tell us what we're going to do over here. So this is my example of this. Uh, what I do uh, is is a small example of what y'all talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got 30 people together. I said we're going to learn just enough about power to go and have conversations with folks. And we're just going to figure out what folks need right now. And as we went through it, I realized, hmm, 
we got to put the decision makers in a position where they're not coming and talking to us. They're coming and sitting and being spoken to mm-hmm. from their playbooks. So we gathered up all the data from their their research, mm-hmm. the equality indicators, city voice data, and so forth. We already had our qualitative data, the stories, right? But we're not going to go to City Hall on this one. You're going to come to the school gym mm-hmm. or you're going to come to 36th Street North, mm-hmm. right? And you're not going to walk into the meeting when it's the nice podium for you to sit at and stand at. <laughs> You're going to walk in and it's going to be African drums playing mm-hmm. and it's going to be barbecue being cooked mm-hmm. and it's going to be Black rap stuff. music going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're going to sit around and tell stories. Right. All the while, we were also researching and meeting with the same with your experts based off our qualitative data. We meeting with your experts coming up with recommendations that we going to hand you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we forced you to participate, right. right, in your democracy because that's the part that you don't want mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. right? right? You want to be Too over different. a democracy, but you don't want to actually be forced to participate in one. And my example of how this has worked so far, we watched an affordable housing strategy get released. Every single one of the community recommendations that came out of uh, this work was in that affordable housing strategy. And it was done with ease. The mindset break, people, people don't work as hard to oppress you as you think they do. Right. That's why you build a wall so you don't have to have guards. Okay. That's why you do the cert have the certain mindset so that people condition themselves to walk around the back instead of walking in the front door. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, is that just by saying we are going to be participating, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We walk through the front door. Now I'm not. I (laughs) no cat. Right. Now I'm not naive enough right to think that you can just keep on walking straight eventually as you can you all can see there are things when you get too ignorant right when you get too when you get too radical or what have you right then you get then you start being called names and blah 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 oh it's gonna happen that's it but my point is is that the train is moving now the train is moving and so again i go back to it's simple things. Example, Brady Street name change. Mm-hmm. The research that was put into that, this group all this group already had all of the research, yeah. okay? They presented the case, and even though it eventually took, what, three, four, five years for the city to finally come back around and, and they say, hey, let's change it. And huh? say, hey, let's change it. It was going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? The mass graves. Why are we actually having a mass graves conversation right now? Yeah, it's got to happen. It's because the research was done. Yeah, the organization was was planted, and the media, the attention was brought. Brought okay. Brought forth. We forced. We forced the mayor, right, to, to do it, to act, to make a move. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're thinking about war, when you're thinking about winning 
that's why I feel exactly what Chief is saying. If you going into a meeting with somebody of power and you don't know, first of all, people don't know that you're going into that meeting and people don't know why you're going into that <laughs> meeting, then you shouldn't be meeting. Right. Right. You should Get never out. meet with nobody if without, don't know. And without an outcome in yeah. mind. Yeah. And so – Exactly. So I, and I'm saying that to say, I'm sorry, just wrap up my point here. I'm saying that to say is just as the just as we build and stand on our ancestors and stand on these and stand on these great minds, also the the places that we individually or as groups that have certain focuses work in, we also understand that progress over here, right? The way that you progress over here affects the way that now I am or my group or my focus is also able to progress, right? And so doing this mass graves correct, righting wrongs and making the city do that, mm-hmm. now that changes the economic conversation. Why they have to give the UCAT land back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. they have to hire Ashley Phillipson? Yeah. Why they have to do the Greenwood RFP the way they doing it? Mm-hmm. It's because they felt like it? Mm-hmm. No. It's not because they felt like it. And so we need to understand that what we are winning and the way we win is to continue pressure, to continue organizing, to continue thinking about what do we actually need five, ten years down the line. So, Mr. Eden, you exactly right about um, the economics here, especially in this area. One of the things we asked for was – all of the money that you spend downtown promoting downtown, where's the North Tulsa down uh, promotion budget? And we did it just to see what they would say, mm-hmm. right? Now, what they said was, well, you know, we don't have that money, blah, 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 right? We know – we're not asking you if you have the money, right? We understand that the city don't do that, but we, we do know that downtown has a downtown – advertising deal and we know that the city funnels money through there so what are we what do we know we know that it's within the city's benefit to do that to develop downtown and attract people exactly exactly so what we what we are clearly pointing out right is when you say we don't have it what you're saying is don't have it for us it's not it's not in our benefit. There you go. Yet, mm-hmm. right? Yet, exactly. There you go. It's not in our benefit. Benefits. Yet, mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. That's right. The takeover. And the takeover. It's, it's mm-hmm. like we we're, we're looking at a world to through two completely different lenses, right? For us, it's about preservation, development, and growth. Now, somebody who's looking at you, hearing you say that, is saying you're never going to grow anything out there. You're never going to develop anything out there. You don't even understand the land. Most of the land out there is brownfield land. You don't even know what to do. to. If you knew what that word meant, you would go get your brownfield cleanup grant and get and, and clean up the area, then develop it. But we're going to wait for the property value to get so low. We're going to wait till a blight study gets done on the neighborhood. Then we're going to take it because you're going to be so disgusted with it by that time. Give up. You will mm-hmm. tell other black people to to leave North Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Right. It, that design. I've witnessed that design. It's I've heard people now. talk about that design behind come, people who work in that in that field come out of a meeting and say, do you know what they're talking about? in there? They saying we have to take that land because nothing's going to happen with it. They don't know what to do with it. They're not going to develop it. They. Who's they you talking about? Right. They won Tulsa. 
right? And who are you talking about when you say they? So they have there is a there is a there is a narrative, there is a systematic process because if we we did the same thing, me, Greg Robinson Senior, uh, Billy Williams, Tom Jones, Uwa Rise, mm-hmm. we were when Pine and Puri before Pine and Puri got developed, it was called the Cherokee Sector. All of them elders who lived in that neighborhood owned their homes, yeah. right? Owners. But they built projects north of there that was full of crime because of the drugs that was brought in from outside sources, right? So that, they, so that, and 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 they let it become intentional blight. They let it become blighted because mm-hmm. then it would reduce the value of the people's property that they were going to declare eminent domain yeah, on. Right. Right. So now and we telling people, look, we got the 40 year plan. This is what they're getting ready to do to that area. You got people who bought homes in a commercially zoned area. You bi- that means you built a residence in a commercially zoned area. It should be something wrong with that. Mm. Right. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That was a residential area, but it was zoned wow. commercial. And that's what they're trying that's to robbery. Do. Yeah. Right. That's that's fraud. That's what those people who lived in that neighborhood suffered, and we tried to expose it. But then we had people who looked just like us, unfortunately, working. Man, this HUD thing is serious. It's so much in my head right now. But I digress. We, I, I just need people need to understand the process and why that hasn't happened, and why people like Homer was saying. Look, y'all, we need a DNX. Yeah. I've heard people say, man, we need a DNX so Charlie. We need our own and police start chief completely and our over own everything. A ton of land. Mm. We deal with the mm-hmm. floodplains. You know, we do our, our civil engineering work we need to do, and we think in a whole different way because there's nothing but land out there. Land is power. Uh, and us understanding this whole brownfield process so that we can really, 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 because we're not, we don't need to go and take over dilapidated structures unless we really we really understand and we got the capital to yeah. deal with that kind of a project. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, I talked to uh, George Kaiser face to face for about seven to ten minutes on one on one when Bloomberg was at the cultural center. Mm-hmm. And I saw you down there, yeah, you know, yeah, and we yeah. talked and uh, he stopped and talked to me and I asked him about the property that he purchased on 36 quarter down there and blah blah and I said, now you're going to put industrial businesses down there. You're going to put, you know, businesses and jobs. I said, are those jobs are going to be going to the community? The community. Are you going to allow people from Skytook and Bigsby oh, and Broken wow. Arrow and Owasso to come in and take over all those jobs? And he looked at me and he says, no, we're going to make sure the community gets its fair share of employment, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like sweeping floors. Like, 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 right, right, whatever it is. I said, well, what about uh, those type of jobs that maybe some African-Americans may not qualify for because they haven't been taught those positions? Is it, Will there be some training right. that where they can obtain those supervisory positions? Right. And he says, yeah, we got a plan to give the majority of those jobs to North Tulsa. But I said, well, we're going to see. That don't mean anything. North Tulsa mean a, can mean Owasso. That can mean exactly. Exactly. So, so you know, and up on talking to him, and I told him, I said, well, you know, 
I said, I got a little a little small voice over in North Tulsa, a little radio station. You know what I mean? He says, oh, really? And he got interested because communication is power. When you can communicate with folks, the mainstream media are going to always tell the stories their way. Right. But when you, we need to invest, I think, now this is just Bobby talking, mm-hmm. into our black communication type companies like mm-hmm. Greenwood Tribune, mm-hmm. which you have, Kevin, mm-hmm. Black Wall Street Times, Oklahoma Eagle, uh, Eden Media Services. I believe, now this is just me, before you jump in front of that white man's camera mm-hmm. and start smiling and grinning to him, you should bring your stories to us first. That's what I think, because we'll jump up in there, you know, channel two, channel two and six and eight come over here mm-hmm. and I only feed them what I want to feed them. And that's it. Yeah, I, you I, know, I think the key, the, the it's communication well, the key and thing, information, the key thing we take for granted is we assume by saying black people can relate. <laughs> yeah. Right. OK. A lot of people. That's a big statement. Yeah cannot relate do not even if they can they do not relate to the idea of blackness why, like you why, have, why do you think that well, is well you got because this is what i mean when by we come over, up in a period when, when it was intellectualize something yeah. like we know that color is a construct right, right? we know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. right so from an intellectual perspective we know that but people take it to the point that you cannot pretend that it's a construct in america because the construct is on your application, right. the construct is on your driver's license, That's true. the construct is in every aspect of your existence as a human being in this country. Mm-hmm. So you can't pretend that the construct don't exist. Mm-hmm. So we gotta, we have to be very conscious when we utilize the mm-hmm. idea of blackness, mm-hmm. right? The idea of blackness. Yeah, we gotta be right. very conscious about that. So, mm-hmm. and 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 like with the thing with Kaiser, you know, we. I think we need to ask the right people the right questions, right? And that's once, what it needs to happen. Once, once that land is sold and it's used for what it's used for, the people we got to ask those questions to are the people who own those companies. Yeah, that's true. Right? Because those are the ones, those are the entities that actually well, we're gonna dictate see. We're going to get see. hired and et cetera, Yeah, we're going to see. Well, man, hey, we've had a great show tonight, man. Yes, thank sir. you. Kevin Ross, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Robinson, man. Hey, always welcome. Chief. Thank you. You're always Thank in you. here, man. And uh, we've had a great conversation in reference to the mass graves and just in black people in general. You know, so I want to personally thank you guys, man, for taking time out of your busy schedules to come in here and share this information with our community and those who are out there listening. We appreciate you, your Bob, for yeah. just yeah. doing you, what you do and making a voice available so the voiceless will have a voice. So thank you for it. Yeah, and I believe in a voice for the voiceless, you know, and everybody can come in here at any time and we can work something. All right. Keep in mind that we're here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on Saturdays from 12 to 2. If you need to get in touch with us, we're located at 1533 North Norfolk here in the heart of North Tulsa. And uh, this particular place is set up for you, you know, and you can always dial the number 832-443-9499 or dial the number 918-856-3873. This is the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. So. Stay back.